Welcome back to Arizona Real Estate Talk. My name is Michael Fabro, your host, and I have Cody in the house today. Hey, how you doing? Very nice to be here. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk today about the market, which is insane right now. I mean, we are in a super competitive market. We have, what, 11,145 11, active homes, listings in um, all of Maricopa County. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been in real estate now eight years. Uh, I've been investing for the last 10 years, yeah. and I've never seen levels this low before. It's I remember, I think, when I first got my license, which I'm going on my fourth year now, people discussing how low the inventory was then, and I think it was 18, 20,000, and people were talking about it, and now, I mean, this is just, it's unbelievable, and considering how many people have moved here, I think they've said something like, what is it, on average, 250 a day? 300 people move here a day, and there's like 75 people leaving Arizona a yeah. day, so like netting like 225 yeah. on a daily basis, so... What does that mean? What is eleven thousand? I mean, what is that? That sounds like a lot of homes, but for the average person out there, what does that? What does that translate into actual inventory? How much do we uh, do we know? Like what that actually translates to? If homes continue to sell at their current speed with the inventory we have, we only have roughly about a month and a half before we run out of homes. If nothing else was listed, currently. came on the market. Yeah, and there's currently about about a hundred homes or so getting added to the market, but there's like. 200 homes going under contract on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So we're seeing that decline, decline quickly. Quickly. I know I looked up um, I looked up numbers last month and I know we were at, sitting at around 12,000 active homes and now it's 11,000. So we're continually to decline. So it's just getting more and more competitive out there basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, what that's not representing is, you know, those that's all homes. So the amount of homes that are kind of turnkey, ready to buy, that's even less. And we're seeing flippers, they're still out there. They're still renovating and they're still putting new homes on the market, yeah, but yeah. there's still, I mean, a lot of that inventory is probably old stale inventory that's been sitting because Absolutely. they're either overpriced, they're falling apart, they're old, you know, people want like yeah. new fresh stuff. Um, not everyone, but I mean, I know the investors are out there looking for those deals, but a lot of those deals I'm finding right now are way overpriced for what you're actually getting. Absolutely. Um, I went actually this morning to go look at a property uh, in Phoenix here in 85016, just off of 20th Street and Thomas. And it's a two bedroom, one bath, get this, uh, 10,000 or 9,000 square foot lot, 871 square feet. Guess what they're asking? 871 square feet? Yes, it's a two bedroom, one bath. It hasn't been updated, original condition. Oh, right now, what, 350? No, a little less than that, <laughs> but still, $260,000. Okay. Which is, for 871 square feet in that neighborhood is, I mean, it seems super high, but you look down the street, a completely remodeled home, a little bit bigger, 1,500 square feet, sold for 450. It's unbelievable. Crazy. So what I think, I mean, what I want to get at and what I want to talk about today is, I mean, it's competitive out there, but how are we winning these offers for, how are buyers getting their offers accepted? How are we, you know, finding these homes? And then, you know, obviously most of the homes, the good homes are going to have multiple offers. Yeah. How are we competitive with those, with those offers? How are we getting those con, uh, contracts accepted? For not only our clients, but our you know our buyers out there, the people that are out buying, how are you, how are you guys getting everything accepted? So what are you seeing? What kind of tips and tricks can you give out that you think would help um, to have your offer looked at, at by the yeah. listing agent? You know, by the seller. Are we um, going in over asking? Or is it the financing that makes more sense? Like, let's kind of dig in a little bit okay. and see what um, you know what buyers are accepting. So I'll I'll throw it to you real quick, and because I know you've listed a bunch of homes and. You've had listings in the past. I think you have a couple up right now. 
And I know the one you have uh, renovated is going, uh, I mean, I think you have multiple offers on it already, don't you? Yeah, been on the market for, well, less than 24 hours now. We already got a couple offers in it. On it. So what do you look? So when I so what do you look for? Like when you when you have multiple offers, what's the first thing you look at? What you think of? First things first. Of course, I'm going to go. What are you looking for at purchase price? And then from there, I'm going to scroll down, and see concessions. What are they? What are the buyer? Or what are the buyers going to ask for as far as towards closing costs? That's my next step. And those are concessions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From there, I'm going to check what kind of loan they're going to use: conventional, FHA, see where they're at, VA. Um, and then I'm going to look at closing date because obviously in this particular situation, it doesn't, it doesn't have a real effect on us because she owns the house outright, mm -hmm. but other people do have mortgages. So if you're going to ask for, let's say an additional month to close, that's another month's mortgage payment. So those kind of things are important as well. Um, and then from there, I'll kind of go to the pre-qualification letter, call the lender, see how qualified the buyer really is, see what their situation is. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the process for me. Okay, so you're, you're obviously the most important part is the price. Yes. Right? So if you're coming in under with multiple offers, the chances of that actually yeah. working is going to be very slim. Um, but then talk a little bit about concessions because a lot of people don't know don't know that backstory. People think, oh, yeah, I'm going to ask the seller to pay for all my closing costs and we're going to go in over asking. Mm -hmm. But we're going to ask for $6,000 in closing costs. You know, how does that translate? How does that look to the seller? I mean, in some situations, it, it, it works out fine because you've got a little bit of wiggle room. Um, but I mean, if you, let's say you need everything paid for, you're going to need the full amount of closing costs. I like to factor that generally to be pretty conservative around 200, 2.5%, 2.5% yeah. is kind of how I factor it. If you need all of that. But if you're going in with a multiple offer, do you think, I mean, I know with my sellers, we, I, that's the first thing that goes away. It's like, we're not paying anyone's closing costs because no. we have other offers and we'll usually negotiate that away, right? Yeah, I mean ideally if you're if you're the listing agent, that's the least that's the last thing you want to see. Yeah. Um because in times of an appraisal issue or something, there is no negotiation in place. Generally if someone's gonna be needing help with their closing costs, they can't meet you halfway at that appraisal. Um because they don't have the money to, to actually come up with it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of a it kind of shows it kind of shows you their cards right off the off the table saying, hey, I need an extra five thousand to close. I'm putting five percent down. So now you're I mean you kind of killed yourself with your negotiations yeah. because you the seller knows that you now don't have any more money exactly. because you're asking for money. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. instead of coming up with a little bit of purchase price or just you know saving a little bit extra yeah. or having the lender do give you a higher rate and you can get some of their closing costs paid yeah. that way. That might be a better option. So I think, and that way, the seller doesn't even know mm -hmm. that you're taking a higher rate. They're just they just know that you can qualify for X amount, that you have this much down payment, and that there you have the funds to close. Correctly. And then on the flip side of that, just real quick, yeah, if you're representing the buyer, because sometimes you just need you you need that concession, and there's there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. And this is not the best market for that situation, but it does happen. So with that, I mean, the best you can do is be quick, and that's kind of where I would come into play. Um, you know, you've got to kind of just really stay focused on the active listings, talk to people about maybe some things that are coming that aren't on the market yet. Um, cause you want to get there as soon as possible and you know, if, and be aggressive and like be aggressive. Find, yeah. Find, you're not going to you sit like, no. you know, Hey, can we offer them 10,000 less? No, and just see where it goes. No, those, this market's not really allowing for that. This I'm, market is more like if you got the property, it's a win. If you get the property, it's a win. Exactly. That's yeah. That's a good that's, way of putting it. That's really, I mean, that's. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure we, we tie up the property. Exactly. Get it at a good price. Obviously, you don't mean you're not you don't you're not you don't want to overpay or yep. whatever, but you still want to make sure 
you're tying up the property yeah. and this invent with the inventory that's bare in six months from now that your budget that if your budget is 300,000, let's say in six months from now, the way things are going, that budget is going to have to increase in order to find the properties mm -hmm. you're looking for because inventory is moving so quickly and prices are starting to yeah. really heat up. Now I know everyone's talking about a big slowdown and all that stuff. We're not going to get into it on this podcast, but um, we just want to focus more on like how, you know, what we're looking for, mm -hmm. what people are looking for, what sellers are looking for to really get that offer accepted and how you really stand out. So I want to chat real quick. What about a cash offer? Because I think people have that misconception right now, especially even in this market, that, oh, I'm, I'm cash. I can go I can in. Do what I, I can do what I yeah. want. I can put yeah. in lower offers and I'll get those accepted. Yeah. What, I mean, what's your take on it? Well, if you have a conventional offer and a cash offer and they're both ones that, let's say that you have a listing at $300,000. You have a conventional offer at full price, $300,000, standard closing in 30 days, no concessions, everyone mm -hmm. pays their own items, but and we have a cash offer, say at $290,000, all cash, closing in, let's say three weeks, let's give it, a, give, because they're usually a bit quicker to close. Yeah. How do you present that to your seller? In your opinion, what would you take? Like if it was your house, what would you take? Um, I, at this In this market, I'm just gonna take the 300,000 because chances are, the only time I would take the cash is if we're priced really, really, really aggressively and there might be a slight issue with, with getting an appraisal in. Um, and generally a cash offer is going to have, they're gonna waive that. I mean, they can of course have their own appraisal, but it's not gonna be a bank required uh, appraisal. So if that's the situation, which right now. But if you're priced right on your listing, I mean, your appraisal is really not gonna be much of a contention, right? No. So in that situation, no, the extra week, it's not for worth $10,000 $10, unless you've I, got a really high utility bill, I guess. And what the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or your expenses yeah. are super high or whatever, yeah. but I doubt it. I mean, I think the biggest thing people think of it, at the end of the day, the seller is getting a hundred percent of the cash anyway. Correct. At the end, they're, what they're, form they're, it comes in, they don't really, it pay. doesn't matter whether the yeah. bank sends them that wire transfer to the escrow company and then you get the full amount or whether it comes from direct from their account. At the end of the day, it's cash is cash. Exactly. The only difference being, obviously, with the cash offer, you don't have the contingencies, yes. meaning you don't have the, the financing contingency. So they, you know, if they lost their job or whatever, they still have the money in the bank, and they don't have that appraisal contingency, which, honestly, I, I mean, I'm not really seeing appraisals come in low at this point. I've, I haven't, I've, the last few clients that I've worked with and I've seen out there and offers I've written and purchased for myself, my appraisals have other come in at at the value yeah. I purchased that or even higher, which is awesome to see. I think right, yeah, especially right now in the immediate valley. I mean, I think if you start getting some outlying areas, that might be a little bit of a different scenario. I haven't had much um, much work outside of the immediate, you know, valley. Phoenix Scottsdale, yeah. yeah. So from that standpoint, um, yeah, definitely not much of an issue. No. So I guess what we're trying to say is you still want to be aggressive. You still want to be, you know, you still want to be competitive with your number. Cash gives you a little bit of an advantage, but bit. it's not so much the price. It's still, it's just going to, I think it's, if you're, if you're at the same amount, 300,000, 300,000 closing in the same time frame or sooner, mm -hmm. cash and conventional, then most sellers are going to gravitate towards the cash because now you have less contingencies. Yeah. Right. And then, I mean, it's still, it sounds a little cheesy, but it still does work to have a story. Um, yes. I just had a buyer three months ago we were not the highest offer um we did need concessions but it was our first time home um and the seller just liked the story of selling it to someone that was going to live in it and love the house she she happened to have an emotional tie to it as well and our offer i think was like five thousand less and that was as high as we can go and they ended up taking ours because she just liked selling it to someone who was going to live in it 
instead of an investor. So I think that does help sometimes. It totally does. And you're right. Cause it is an emotional, it it's is. an emotion. A lot of times it's emotional for both the seller and the buyer. Yeah. The buyers get emotionally invested, even though we're investors and we're trying to like, you know, you all always use numbers. We're still trying to picture, Oh my God, I can put this beautiful kitchen in. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can do that. I do all these great things. And before you know it, you're now emotionally attached to the property. And it's like, well, I can spend an extra $2,000. I can spend an extra three. I can do that. I can make yep. it work, right? So, and sellers are the same way. They, you know, they see the offers. Yes, they're just writing. But a lot of the times, I know I'm doing it for my clients. I'm calling the listing agent. Okay. I'm building rapport right away with that listing agent and trying just to sweet talk him a little bit because Always. he's going to want to, or he or she is going to want to know, you know, who they're working with. They're going to work with people that they know, like, and trust. And the yep. more network, the more you build up that network with other people and other agents and other sellers, and build that story of your buyer or you know vice versa, you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna feed that to their seller and say, hey, you know what? This might not be the highest, but this is what their story is. They yep. they just bought, they just moved here, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, they just had a kid, they just got married, they're looking for a bigger home. It's market's tight. They're not finding anything they like. Yep. They fell in love with your home because of X, Y, and Z. I'm actually having my uh, clients write up um, letters and just giving them a story of why they like yeah. the home and how they how they can see them. I've heard people doing that. It's, it's another, we just got another one, useful tool. We yeah. just got one accepted like three days on market and she was contingent on the sale of her home. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that if um, her home is listed and has a contract on it to sell and then her buy side, her the home she's buying, if, that, if the, her home doesn't sell or close – we have the option to cancel the contract because she cannot qualify for the next purchase, which is another contingency in this market is super, super rare to get even looked at or accepted, right? Yeah, yeah it's very, that's a very big hurdle to overcome. Um, unfortunately, and, and a lot of people are in that situation because of course you need the money from your current home to buy your next one. And yeah. that's- And no one wants to hold two mortgages. No, and it's, and so it's, that is kind of one of the leading factors as to why we have this shortage of listings, you know, because- it's tough right now to sell your current home. You're gonna make some money on that, I'm sure, if you've owned it for a while. But the market's so high right now. And there's definitely options out there for those people that are looking to sell their home and then buy something else. I know there's like a lot of iBuyers yeah. that, that will you know give you a cash offer and do all these things. But I mean, they're not giving you full price, are they? No, not at all. I mean, they're... Right? They're, it's, if, you just, if you're in a situation where you have to get out of your house quick, you don't wanna make any repairs, then an iBuyer is a great option for you. Um, and an iBuyer is basically your Zillow, your tr your Zillow offers, your offer pad, your open door. Correct. Right? And there's a few others out there too. Yeah. And what they do, they I'm sure everybody's received these. They like to send those flyers in the mail and they, they put their highest price on there. Once they actually come through your door, they're going to nickel and dime you with repairs and and fees is what they call them. They've yeah. got transaction fees, which usually end up being a pretty large sum. Exactly. So by the time you actually get your check, you're looking at significantly lower than market value. Exactly. And now you're halfway tied up to the transaction and you don't want to quit because you've already wasted two or three weeks and it's still a decent amount of money. You see the bottom line, but at the end of the day, you probably could have got more. Anyways, we're getting way off topic here. We're going back. Let's go back to winning the offer. <laughs> um, so we, we talked a little bit about conventional offers. We talked about buy, uh, cash offers. What about the VAs and the FHAs? And the VA is a veteran, a veteran affair, uh, veteran affairs um, loan, right? It's Correct. a VA loan, uh, so it's only available to people that have served in the military. Um, and they're great loan products. And then the FHA is typically the first-time home buyer. It's the government-backed loans mm -hmm. that you can go down as low as three and a half percent. 
and there's some grants and programs yeah. and stuff like that for those ones as well. Let's talk a little bit about those because I know there's a lot of buyers out there that have you know can qualify for, to buy a home, but sometimes they're FHA or they have served in the military and they have you know they they sell them on these VA loans, which are great products. Great, great products. How are they? Good. Yeah, how are they? How are those getting received in, the, in this market? And let's some, let's see, maybe find some tips that we can give them yeah. to get their offers accepted because we know on on a hierarchy when I'm when I'm a listing agent and I'm working with my sellers, the hierarchy of um, contracts when we see them, I mean, for, for financing, it's going to be cash, conventional cash, then conventional. And then it's your FHA and VA and they're yep. kind of aligned the same VA can, can jump into the ca- conventional category de- depending sometimes, on the- but depend, but the way they're sold to people on the, on the side is like, you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to pay any closing costs. Mm-hmm. So what people are doing is they're asking for closing costs as well, which VA is $0 down. It doesn't mean down payment. It doesn't mean you don't have closing costs. Exactly. Right? And I think, and that's the big. That's a big misconception. It's very important to educate your buyer on that if you're if you're representing someone that's using a VA loan because yeah, that's exactly what they're told. Or educate you yourself, like as a buyer, and yeah. you're and you're a VA buyer, and you're you know you're getting sold that I can get I can get a buy a house with zero dollars. It's not zero dollars. It's a zero dollar zero down payment. Yes. And you pay a funding fee. Um, it's a percentage of the sales price. But there are still closing costs that you have to pay unless you can get the seller to pay those for you. Mm-hmm. Again, like we said in this market, it's really difficult to get concessions. It is, yeah. So just know that. So when you see that, you still want to have a savings a savings net, um, set up where you can pay those your own closing costs, at least part of them. Yeah. I mean, I guess another thing that I'd like to bring up. Yeah. I know that everybody is kind of watching the, the HDTV trend and everybody wants that shining white gray home but there's plenty of good homes that just need some paint and some flooring and and those are the ones that get overlooked they get overlooked because everybody just wants you know that trending that trending hgtv home and there's nothing wrong with a lot of those other ones i mean and you can actually i'm not saying you're gonna negotiate it fit 10 15 20 000 down down like you could probably in the past but it's a lot more feasible to to negotiate with those. Yeah. Um, and they do. They get overlooked because everybody, as soon as that brand new remodeled home pops in the market, that's what everybody wants. Exactly. And not only that, if you buy one of those other homes that people have lived in, you know, it's it's got a little bit of wear. You want to put a you yeah. do your own. You can make it your own. You can make it your own. Exactly. And you can typically get it at a better price. And then you're adding value to the property. So now yeah. you're increasing the value of that property, yeah. not decreasing it, depending on what you're doing, obviously. So I think that would be kind of my, someone that's just maybe, you know, they've lost out on a couple of deals because they have to have those concessions or they just can't quite get up to that price range they want. That'd probably be my advice to them. Yeah. Just, op- you know, have an open mind. Yeah. Just, you don't have to, there's a lot that can be done at the home with just some paint, some carpet, you know, or, and some new flooring exactly and then if you don't actually need the concessions but you're just asking for it because you think you just don't want to pay them don't do that yeah because don't, yeah, you're not, not going to get anything accepted you're just not going to get looked at and it's so frustrating because i mean i've worked with those people i've been that person it's like i don't want to pay i'm gonna if i can get the seller to pay for it i'm gonna have them pay for it but when you're going up against not the market for it five offers six offers ten offers put your best foot forward Go with your, in my opinion, go with your highest and best. Go with, you know, yeah. if you're going in over asking, go in over asking. Because if you know that there's other offers on mm-hmm. it, sometimes they don't come back to you and say, hey, we're going to ask for the highest and best at this yeah. point. They might just say, we got an offer in over asking. It's clean. It's perfect. It's exactly what we want. We're going to take that one. And they won't even talk to you. Yeah. And I've had it plenty of times where it's like, well, how come they didn't ask us? Why? They don't, they don't owe you anything. They got another offer and someone was willing to give them 
what they wanted or you know something better than they wanted. It was clean. It was ready to go. They don't have to go back to you. Yeah. So go with your best foot forward for sure. I think that's I think that's your biggest one. Go. That's with your always best foot yeah. Forward. That's that's something I've run into where it, there's like almost like an entitlement where what they didn't even reach back out. Exactly. Like they expect no. like, well, we can put this in. And we'll just, we'll get a counter back. No, no, you don't. You're, you're not, not entitled. To and that. you're not entitled to it. Not right I mean, now, especially. it can happen, but don't expect that. Your expe- the expectation at this this yeah. time is if they get an offer they want, they like, and everything, then that's what they're going to take. Yeah. Now, one more quick. Um, I think we touched on it earlier, and there's especially with first-time homebuyers, there's kind of this misconception that their agent is supposed to get them a deal, and that's sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not. But right now in this what do you current market, of course, you're supposed to get me a deal. Give me the house and get it for me at the lowest yeah, price possible. Right now. And that's and true. And get it accepted. Yes. But to that's them, a deal, a deal is always misconstrued as you need to get it to me under the asking price. That's true. And that's what a deal is to a lot of people. And right now, that's just not what the, what the market is. So, well, the listing price is also an arbitrary number, right? It is, it's yeah. Not, it's not really, uh, I mean, it's not like if you get it a thousand below, now you got a deal. And if you spent a thousand over, you didn't get a deal. Yeah, exactly. Because that number could be... I mean, the seller could be, you know what, let's let's price it under the market value and let's get and 30 offers and let's bid up the price. And that happens a or lot. Or let's overprice it by 50000 and, see and get, get nothing it. and see what happens. Yep. See what someone's willing to pay us for it. Exactly. Which, that is a terrible strategy to do, yeah. in my opinion. It's, no, because especially right now, because you, you, you run into that situation, if you want to be that seller, hey, let's just put it at this and see what we can get. And then people know how fast this market's moving. The longer and longer it sits, the more and more it starts snowballing. People start mm-hmm. asking that question, well, what's wrong with the house? Exactly. That shouldn't be here. That shouldn't be here. Exactly. What's going on? And then it just, you know, it, it, it just feeds into itself. You end up getting less than what you could have got just pricing it Correctly. properly. Exactly. Or low. Like I, I'll go lower sometimes as well. I do like that strategy sometimes. Yeah. So I guess like our key takeaways here, um, if you're a cash offer, go in at a reasonable price. Yeah. Go in with your what you're comfortable paying. Uh, but also know that there are other offers and a conventional offer, an FHA or a VA could still beat you out if you're coming in way low thinking that it's Absolutely. all about price. Yes. So still go in competitively. Um, and if you are competitive and you are at that one of the higher prices, a cash offer is 99% of the time going to take it over any other financing, correct? Generally, yes. I mean, that's a, that's a good assumption. Um, and then if you're a conventional offer... I guess my takeaway would be going clean. You know, don't ask for all those concessions and all these extra yep. things that you want them to pay for. Just go in with what you know, what you're able to pay for. Going strong. And yeah. Hope, and then, like you previously that. said, even if it's just one of those situations where ah, uh, you know, I've got the money, but I just don't really want to pay those closing costs. Just pay the closing costs if you really want the home. If you want the house, you're going to pay the closing costs because yeah. someone else will. Exactly. And. And then what about the letter? They can also write a letter to the seller. Writing a letter and then I guess kind of the other thing would be having an open mind. If you just can't, you don't always have to have that white and gray newly remodeled home. There's plenty of good homes out there that just need a few little things to kind exactly. of Exactly. Keep your, you know, expand your horizons. Mind. Look at other homes and see what things will cost to have other homes updated. Maybe, I mean, painting doesn't cost very much. Countertops don't cost very much. Yeah. You know, if you have a little extra budget, maybe then you can, they are on those homes, you can ask for the, the closing costs we paid for and then put that money towards painting exactly. it and fixing it up and cleaning it up and making it your your home. Exactly. And Just keep an open clean. mind. Very important. Exactly. Now, lastly, what about the FHA and VA buyers, which are a little bit in this market, honestly, a little bit stronger or a little bit harder to get accepted mm-hmm. uh, or even looked at sometimes because they are coming in with typically asking for closing costs or um, you know, with a lower down payment, they're just yeah. the, the lower, 
the, lo- the lower echelon of of of, uh, of loans that you know that Absolutely. unfortunately people those are the ones that they're qualifying for, which is great. But in the market, they're they're not looking at those ones; they're getting overlooked. So I think, in my takeaway, when I'm working with those people and we're we're trying to find a home for them, expectations, go, setting expectations, exactly, expectations. and then go in strong, go in the strongest you can possibly get. Maybe take a little bit higher rate, get some money paid for by the lender. Um, as a lender credit, talk to your lenders about that because there are different programs. Look at some of the grant programs that will allow you to get your down payments covered. And now that might give you that extra, you know, couple thousand dollars to go in over asking sometimes. Mm-hmm. Going in way over asking, depending on your price points, doesn't really make any sense because now the home still has to appraise. So sometimes going in a little over asking with an FHA can get you an edge. And then t- really telling that story. Make sure your realtor that you're working with is calling that listing agent on a con- on a consistent basis, letting them know your story, asking the questions, talking to them, building that rapport. It's so important, even if it's Super not important. even if it's not necessarily you know maybe the especially if you're working with um, a flip or an investment properly property, probably not as much emotion tied to that home. So maybe your personal story won't work. But just your agent developing a relationship with the listing agent is super important because I know, I know, I'm thinking. I got to work with this person for yeah, 30 days. You've got two, days. I've got two equal deals in front of me. Who do I'm going to take, with? who do I want to work with? And yeah. 100%. So that's yeah. also very important. And that listing agent is very influential to that seller, right? Absolutely. I mean, your, they're, they're, they're going to ask, they're, the seller's going to ask the listing agent, which well, I don't know which one to take. This is the first time I've sold a home. Who, who's, which one should I get? Which one should I take? And that listing agent, if you build that rapport, if that agent builds that rapport and your realtor builds that rapport with them, or if you're going directly to them, working with the, the listing agent, you know, try to smooth them a bit, you know, show them that you're going to be easy to work with. You're not going to be a pain in the butt because no one wants that. They want to make sure they want it as easy, slim, uh, slim or yeah. streamlined as possible and, and, and make it, you know, a win-win for everyone. So I think the other thing are, that that tells me is if you, if I have, a buyer's agent talking to me, the listing agent, and they're just, you know, very abrasive. Mm-hmm. And I know they're probably reverbing that back. They're talking to their client that way as well. So when it comes time for an inspection, I know they're not going to handle that probably in a way that I would, I would myself. It's going to be... Well, you're going to have that anticipation. Okay, they're going to ask for everything under the sun yes. and, and, and hope to get something repaired or something like that, but it's just going to be a very abrasive, abrasive yes. transaction. It's not going to be good for anyone, and at the end of the day, the buyer is typically going to lose out on that. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, one quick story I wanted to talk about because you, we've talked touched a lot on, you know, writing the letters, building that rapport, and everything like that. It's actually my story on the, the home I bought. I bought a home in South Scottsdale off of McDowell and Seventy Fourth Street. Um, was it uh, last June? It was. It was an investment property um, that we, that, you know, completely original 1950s brick house. I walked in at day one knowing that it's going to go, it's going to go pretty quick. And the first thing I did was call the agent and just build that report. I actually joked with them. I said, so how many offers do you have on the property so far? And he laughed at me. He laughed. He said, well, I just put it on the market two hours ago and I've t- I've, I have three or four verbal offers and I have showings all day today. So I said, I told him, I said, okay, I'm going to go take a look at it. And I gave him my story, which my story was, I want to renovate the house and I want to live in the house. I don't want to flip it. And I told him, I, I want you to tell your sellers that this is the story of this house. Well, lo and behold, you know, fast forward a little bit. I talked to that agent at least seven times and wrote the and wrote an offer. He had 12 offers on the property. Mm-hmm. He had cash, over, uh, cash offers over asking. He had conventional offers. He had 
FHA offers, VA offers, anything. And I, the way I structured it for myself, I told him, I said, hey, I can only pay, my home is listed at 290 or two, uh, 285. And I said, the, high, the, be, uh, the best I can possibly do with my numbers and everything is 295. I can close in two weeks. I'm going to be cash. And I'm not going to put any, I'm not going to ask for any repairs during the inspection period. I'm going to have an inspection just to make sure I know what I'm buying. Oh, yeah, nothing and structurally sound. It may, exactly. But I'm not going to be nickeling and diming and, hey, I want these baseboards replaced and paint done and all that stuff. So I told, I gave him that story. They had offers at 315 cash, close in two weeks. They took my offer because I gave them a story. I built the rapport with the agent. And I found out after we closed that the seller, uh, the seller's parents had passed away. It was their second home um, that they've ever owned. And the kids wanted to make sure that the home went to someone that was going to appreciate and live in the home. I Now I'm actually going to be invited. I just finished the renovations a few months ago. I'm calling the agent back. I'm going to invite them back to see what we transformed the home to and show them. Oh, no, that'd be cool. Yeah. So it's really cool. And he was he was super excited because he, he wants to see the transformation. And I told him I'll take pictures and you can send it to the kids and, and show that, hey, a family's actually living here. I mean, that's obviously above and beyond. No one's really doing that. And, but it's just something because I know I'm in the business. I want to show that respect. I want to show, hey, you know, I am I am actually doing what I said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. And hopefully they're, you know, they're happy. But they took a tw almost $20,000 less yeah, because I, mean, I gave them a story. A story. It's. I say 20. I mean, in my opinion, I say $20,000 because I got the house. Otherwise, I would have never got this house. I would say out of everything we talked about today. I mean, I personally think that's the most important thing out of in today's yeah. in today's market. I think that's very important. So there you have it. Um, thanks for tuning in. We're going to be doing these weekly. So tune in next week. We'll have another story for you with another guest. Um, I want to thank Cody for being here today and chatting uh, with me thank on you very much. The, uh, the buy side. And we'll see you at the next podcast.